ad nauseum, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about you, but I have just felt it towards the end of the year. It's like, I feel like I am stuck in this like repetitive, this must be what it feels like to be on the rat race in the corporate world. Like mm-hmm. it's just the same thing over and over. It's like, oh, let me off this hamster wheel. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. just had to like grab a quick bite to eat in between the last two meetings of the day. So I had some fajitas. Oh, nice, I had a nice. piece of cilantro stuck on me. <laughs> so. Watch, watch the behind the scenes recording of the podcast on YouTube. So you can catch cilantro on the teeth moments. That's what yes. it's all about. That, that's why we do these. That's yeah. why we do it. Keep it real. Yeah. Keep it real. Um, so, yeah, so I actually, so full disclosure, we're recording this in the middle of December. This I'm actually going to put out in January. It's going to be our first new episode back after, after the new year. And so one of our last episodes, we were talking about how to properly wrap up the year. Mm-hmm. You know, we spent, you know, we talked about like taking the time to sit down and put notes together. So either you remember where you left off, um, you know, depending upon how much time you're taking off or, just like things are going to slow down in general for, for, for many people work-wise, even if they don't fully take time off. You know, putting the notes together of where you were, uh, what you were working on, where things need to be picked, you know, where they need to be picked up in, in January. So I want this to kind of be the companion episode to that. So let's just pretend, you know, since you know, we're recording this beforehand, but, you know, we're, we're back, you know, after the new year. Like, how do you start off the year strong? Um, is so that, you know, and I, I don't want to go down like the, the kitschy new year's resolution route. Um, you know, Oh, I'm going to take better notes or I'm going to be more productive in meetings or I'm not (laughs) talking about that. Like I'm like, you and I have spent the last two weeks talking about like, let's make sure we get these things finished up. So we have time to plan and then we have a good way of starting the year fresh. So you know, maybe I can get, get get it started. So, like, one of the things I'm I'm looking to use the holidays for is 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 for a fresh start. And again, I don't mean that in the context of um, cliche New Year's resolutions. You know, I'm trying to to wrap up things, get them to a a point that we can call them done with clients, so that we can come into the new year starting out. You know, like having like one of the, my end of year things is is putting together notes and putting together ideas of where to kick off and then you know coming back having some some i don't want to say big things that sounds so corny um having you some, mean like new year's resolutions yeah no um <laughs> like fresh ideas like, yeah. like these are things that have been deprioritized because as the year went on we got really stuck in the weeds and we got we we, we put a lot of emphasis on uh, items that turned out to be low priority. 
So instead of just continuing that trend, using the the time off at the end of the year as a fresh start, and then having those ideas to then pitch to clients coming into the new year. Um, you know, so for me, one of the ways I'm trying to start off the new year right is is having some ideas to go in with, so that we don't fall back into a reactive state of mm -hmm. just any little thing that comes along. Yeah, and it's hard because I think a lot of kicking off the new year is tied back to our, our last episode ending the year. And yeah. it's it's the problem that so many businesses and in fact so many people face. And I, you know, I think you said, well, we don't want the conversation to be about kind of like New Year's resolutions and but but that that kind of should be the conversation because I think that is a challenge that so many of us face in that uh, we, we kind of take this cutover from one year to the next as this, instead of an artificial kind of boundary, which it is, it's really just another day. We, we kind of put this monumental, it's a completely new year, like wipe the slate clean. We're mm -hmm. going to start over. And I, and I get it. I, I, you know, I get that kind of feeling of feeling refreshed that you have a clean start, uh, especially after this year, I mean, we've had so many challenges from so many different areas. You know, everyone's begging, like, let's just get to 2021 and start over. But what are we talking about? It's just another day. Like when the clock switch over, nothing magical happens. And all of a sudden it's a different world. It's the same place it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think one of the um, drawbacks of the um, kind of clean slate new year resolution approach is is really twofold number one it's that by kind of wiping that slate clean we also wipe clean everything kind of good that we got from the year before and i'll, I'll use this to tie into business you know we wiped the slate clean and it's like okay even though last year was a challenge we're now we're now psychologically wiping away the things that went well and the things that we learned and um, being forced into a new way to interact with our, our customers. And we're, we're kind of fundamentally wiping that from our memory because it's like, ah, new year, we're going to start with a clean slate. I'm like, are we we're, really? I mean, we're, we're starting with where we were yesterday. Um, and so it's in, it's important to keep that, that perspective in, in mind. But I think the bigger challenge is, is that this kind of arbitrary cutover and starting a new year is so many people look at it as starting from a dead start. We're going to wipe the slate clean and it's going to be a brand new start. Well, what happened to all that momentum that we built up and things that we were doing so well? Now we're going to take what, one, two months just to ramp back up. And then all of a sudden, like almost 20% of the year is gone already, just trying to get back up to speed. It, it's it's a trap that we we all too often fall into. And it's not to say we shouldn't take downtime. We shouldn't take time to recharge and kind of let those things go for a bit. But it, it's more saying, how can we keep what we learn, the momentum, so when we do pick it back up, we're not starting back at zero again. Because if we have to start over at zero every year, it's going to be really hard to get pretty any kind of distance down the road. So I think that's that's problem number one. And problem number two, and I'm glad you brought it up, is kind of this the New Year's resolution approach. It's good timing. Um, I tweeted something that I guess reminded a friend about a book called Atomic Habits. And I don't know if we've talked about it or you recommended it. Someone recommended it. And it, it has been sitting in my Audible queue for about a year. And just last week, I tweeted something 
And it's one of my friends tweeted back, like, oh, you're reading Atomic Habits. I'm like, no, it's in my list. I need to get to it. But apparently something I said reminded him of it. So I started listening to it last week. And man, is it resonating with me. Um, And one of the big things just in the first couple chapters is this idea of these audacious goals and resolutions and things we set out um, oftentimes go unfulfilled because we're, we're focused on this huge monumental outcome rather than the systems or the processes or the steps that it takes to get there. And the first few chapters of, of the book kind of argues against goal setting for, for that reason that, you know, we set these goals, like I'm going to starting January 1st that, you know, right after midnight, after I binge on new year's Eve, I'm going to start, you know, to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. That's my new year's resolution. And it rarely happens. Um, and the author of, of the book is, is arguing that rather than that, making your, that your focus, why, why don't you focus on the systems or the templates or the frameworks that support what you want to get to? So rather than saying that, why not say, well, you know, in January, I'm going to, instead of eating five Big Macs a week, I'm going to eat three. And then in February, instead of walking a thousand steps a day, I'm going to walk 5,000 steps a day. And, and you start to build these little pieces that, create this bigger outcome. And before you know it, you've reached these monumental goals without even thinking uh, about the goal. Um, and that's, that's also, a, I think, a struggle with businesses as well. And the first of the year and we're kicking off, it's like, okay, 2021. And these are the massive things we're going to do, which again, I think it's completely fine to, to set that out. But the day to day and how we get there is thinking about the fundamental kind of frameworks that we use to, to get there. Um, and to me, that's really where I've been putting my focus as far as kicking off 2021 is, and we, we use the kind of that gist framework internally, right? Like we have these big audacious goals, like five years from now, I want X, I want to be able to do X, or I want to say we do Y. We, we, we evaluate that every once in a while, but the bulk of our time is spent. Well, what are we trying to get done this month? And, and what are we doing this month? That's going to unlock what we're going to do this quarter. And it's, it's those things that really move things forward. But it's so hard to think that way. We're pre-wired to set these big goals and chase your goals, chase your dreams, right? Set these like audacious New Year's resolutions. And we're three weeks into January and it's like, eh, screw it. I'm, I'm off. I'm done. I'm not going to do that anymore. And we quit, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, and then that's why, yeah, like, and that's why I want to say, like, I didn't want to go down the route of New Year's resolutions because exactly f- for that reason, you know, people set the the these large, the, the these large goals. They're completely unrealistic, or at least the the goal isn't realistic. The time frame of the goal is unrealistic. You know, like you mentioned, the you know, aren't you know, I'm gonna do one more binge New Year's Eve and the New Year's Day. I'm gonna start working toward fifty pounds, losing fifty pounds, but. They want to see the 50 pounds come off in two months, in three months. Yeah. Well, well that, they want to see the 50 happen. pounds come off without a framework for how to get there. Yeah. Right. We can't think our way there, you know? Yeah. I mean, I want a $10 million house on the beach in Southern California. Well, geez, that's a great idea. But like, there's probably a lot of things you have to do to get there. I can't just wish it and, you know, think positive thoughts that make it happen. You know, we have to think about the the operational pieces, the frameworks that we have to put in place to do the actions that are going to get us to that point. I don't really want a $10 million house on the beach. I do want a house on the beach though. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I eventually want to move to a nice small town, preferably a beach town. Yeah. Cool vibes. 
Yeah, those are our, exactly. Those are our people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just you know, a, a mellow small town. Like, I mean, I'm I'm not in the city, but I'm pretty close in the suburbs. So yeah. you know, I want to move out a little bit further. But well, apparently, then, wherever you're at, there's a lot of traffic because it takes Randy like an hour to get to your house, and it's like three quarters of a mile away or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially the route he came the last time. He decided to go down this one road, which after 3 p.m. is a parking lot. So you're <laughs> yeah, pretty congested. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. I forget who I was telling, uh, talking to about this. I mean, like, where I'm at, it's 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 classified the suburbs. But I think, like, what you've seen emerge in the last 10, 15 years is, you know, a classification that is between urban and suburban. Mm-hmm. So, and we're kind of there. We're not urban, but we're also a little more congested than your typical suburban neighborhood. So, how far how are, far outside of Philly are you? Twenty five minutes. You know, okay. like twenty five minutes, we can be in Center City, Philadelphia. That's um, similar to me in Salt Lake, about mm-hmm. twenty five minutes away. Yeah, and like, there's a lot of people. Yeah, the reason why this area and and some of the other surrounding areas are, are so congested is people have moved from the city to here. But we're right along one of the commuter rail lines. Mm-hmm. So people, like at least before COVID, would, would jump on the regional rail and commute into the city. Got it. Yeah, it makes an interesting dynamic. I, I can get to Salt Lake. Once I'm on the freeway, I can get to Salt Lake really quickly. But getting through the town and onto the freeway on the on-ramp, it's I have to go past a bunch of new development. I go past the Adobe campus. And mm. it takes me like 20 minutes to go from my house to get onto the freeway. Once I'm on the freeway, boom, I'm there. But there's so yeah. much congestion in the city suburbs that now that it's like you're kind of – as long as you stay put, you're okay. But if you want to branch outside of that, which reminded me of a conversation I was having a friend in Southern California. I can't remember um, what specific city I was in. Uh, but we were having sushi at a restaurant somewhere – somewhere in the south side of uh, LA. And I'm like, this is a beautiful area. I love this neighborhood. He's like, yeah, we love it too. And that's the important thing. If you move to this area, you have to love your neighborhood because you never want to leave like this six block radius. Because if you do, it's just hell to go anywhere. So you better hope you can just move around your little bubble. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but that's kind of what it's starting to feel like here. It's crazy. Like outside yeah. a little bubble sometimes if it's the wrong time of day, it's just the traffic and congestion, even during COVID is, is horrendous. Yeah. And that, that was the thing, like when we were looking at houses, like I had some family that moved like 45 minutes away further west of the city. And like, like for us, just like what we're looking to do, my wife's job, at least at the time she was driving into the city, um, you know, various other factors and just some of our close family and friends are in this area. We're like, I don't, I don't want to move out that far, at least not yet. Because like, I've got some friends where like, you know, something happens or just even just like a random, like, Hey, what you doing? Yeah. Come on over. Let's hang out. Like it's a matter of, you know, we can get up and go. Whereas mm-hmm. like if we moved out to where some of my siblings moved out to like that, that goes away. It's like, mm-hmm. we got to pack up the kiddo. We got to see what time it is. Let's bring pajamas. Cause by, you know, we're going to want to make sure that we can change them into that before we drive home for an hour, hour and 15 minutes. So when we get home, we can put them right to bed without waking them up. And it's like, I'm, I'm not ready for <laughs> it's a whole procedure. Like yeah. It, 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 it's a whole operation at that point. Yeah, I hear you. Well, back on our topic, I'm interested kind of what you've done in years past to kick off uh, a new year um, and what's worked and, and what hasn't. You know, we've talked a lot about kind of New Year's resolutions and goals. And 
I don't think I've ever set one and I've tried to kind of do it every year and it always falls flat. The one that I've been the most consistent with trying to get done is the last couple of years. I've set a new year's resolution to, to read more books. Um, and I've set like a number of book goal and I, I've two years ago, I did pretty good this year. Like I've been horrendous. I just, I, I can't hit any of these goals. So I have to tweak what I'm doing as well, but I'm interested kind of what have you learned? What has worked? What hasn't, what are you planning on doing this year? Yeah. So, I mean, in, in the past I've gone the, the kitschy new year's resolution route for work. Like, you know, I'm going to handle, you know, have more productive meetings. Um, you know, like you know, every kind of cliche and, um, it was about 10 years ago. That's when I realized like that, that, that stuff's just not going to work. Like yeah. it's, it's, um, if, if anything, it's what I've found has started to work in the most, in the most recent few years is, is being proactive. And again, like that, that could be easily, you know, turned into a, a new year's resolution of, uh, Oh, I'm going to be more proactive. It's no, like actually doing that. So like one of the first things I'm doing, right now so that i can do this come january you know 4th when we get back is i'm putting together ideas for each of the active client engagements i run Mm -hmm. and like setting out like objective items uh, um, objectives that are god i'm gonna say here we go here come the cliches are strategic in nature (laughs) um you know but having like some some ideas coming in so when we first get back, because that's the one thing if we all notice with clients is, is to that point, like, you know, like for, for most of our clients, their, their business is like a flywheel. It, you know, everything gets quiet and then it takes three weeks into January to get moving. Yeah. So if I've realized over the last several years is if I don't come in with ideas for our stakeholders right out of the gate, we waste three weeks mm-hmm. just waiting and then yeah, and a good chunk of the year is already gone by the time you get going again and then all, the next thing you know what happens then is is we fall into a complete and utter reactionary state so we stop being the consultant and we start becoming a contractor mm-hmm. um so i think that's it it's it's not just saying i'm gonna be more proactive um starting in january it's going into january with a list of recommendations so that that first week we can take them to the client and since they've got nothing else yet, they're waiting for other parts of the organization to spin up what they're going to do. We're able to get moving on them. So we don't either fall into the trap of just being reactionary or we don't fall into the trap of things that are, you know, secondary tertiary low priority items, then just become the the majority of the work that we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it is, again, that's kind of my thought as well is that, that, and I like the flywheel visual that there's really no reason to have that kind of grind to a halt and then have all of this momentum to try to pick back up. It's amazing how quickly the year goes by and all of a sudden we've lost so much momentum to get going again. Um, And I mean, I think, you know, going back to what you were saying earlier about like the the new year kind of being this artificial boundary. I do think it's good because one of the things is, is I I think there's positive and negative with like that momentum slowing. As long as you, you know, you can make it a lot of good, you know, it can do a lot of good for you if you properly prepare for it. But one of the things it, it, it doesn't just stop say positive momentum that was happening. That artificial boundary also helps you stop, you know, um, momentum moving toward, things that aren't as productive. 
So mm. one of the things like just, you know, toward the race, toward the end of the year sometimes is, is you get stuck in this mode of, of everything being a top priority to get done. And you, you, you lose perspective on what is truly important for your business and your client's business. Um, so everything becomes important. Whereas that artificial boundary can help you say, okay, like these things that we were focusing on, like we're either not making any progress on them or they're actually not very important. And here's why, because the, 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 the break has given us a chance to really reflect on it. Let's just call them done and let's start focusing here. And these are some areas that, you know, could give us some positive momentum coming into the year. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. Um, so one of the things that in 2021, I really want to focus on, on doing, um, and one, I can't remember one of the words you said kind of reminded me of it. Um, and I stole the idea, the tagline from Patagonia. Um, in their less is more campaign where they're really focused on sustainability. And I thought, man, why, why can't this apply to analytics and MarTech? Um, so it's, it's really something that I'm going to take some time and think about in the first part of the year and really want to get going in 2021 is a less is more um, approach and, and, and really having that informed sustainable analytics. I, you know, we've kind of talked about the MarTech slide and joked about, and, you know, it's like, oh, here are the 50,000 solutions that are in your stack. It's, it's so overwhelming. Um, and it's, it's incredibly frustrating to watch companies make these massive investments. And I, I think, I think I must have, um, I don't know if it's my transparency or if I've kind of beaten the, uh, path that people first approach is is something that we're passionate about. But dude, it's it's amazing. In fact, I had someone reach out to me right before we jumped on this podcast. I said, "Can I have five minutes just to vent?" Um, you know, I, I'm in this job. I'm overwhelmed. And oh, by the way, this person's leaving, and now I'm going to have to do their work too. And we have like you know 15 solutions I'm responsible to, for, for deploying in our stack. It's overwhelming. It's, you know, this is a frustrating place to be. And we see more and more sophistication being rolled into these stacks and less and less insights and value actually being created from them. And oh, by the way, people are more miserable than ever working in, in these environments. Um, so it's it's something that I, I really want to focus on. And I put out a little bit of a flippant tweet earlier today where I said something like, you know, we need to be taking a less is more approach because I see all of these companies talking with fervor about, wow, oh, we're going to do this amazing stuff with AI and predictive and machine learning <laughs> and multi-channel attribution. And it's going to be so amazing. And I said, the crazy thing is, is most of these people couldn't tell you how many people go from their ad to cart to their purchase page. And it was kind of flippant, but it's it's, I think, really true. Like, think about the number of people you've talked to over the last 15 to 20 years in organizations. How many of them do you think really could tell you with clarity and trust in the data, the very most simple metrics about their conversion funnels? Um, I mean, I could tell you that there's many that can't. I'm not going to say all, but that those, the, those most basic things either they don't know they've they've gotten lost in all of these other micro conversions um or the data is just wrong yeah the data is wrong the data is overcomplicated 
a lot of them, they don't even know where to get to or find the data. So sure, if it's you and me and we're talking with people down in the trenches, maybe they would know, but take a half step out. Like, does your, does your marketing manager know? Do your product managers know? I guarantee you, like a level up probably doesn't know. And we're talking about the most basic, simple thing. So I don't want to get completely off track, but, you know, talking about kind of new year, kicking it off right. Uh, I, as much as, you know, I, I don't like the clean slate um, example or concept. I do like the idea of like, let's, let's do something to, to, to lighten up a bit, to do something more productive and more meaningful. Um, so anyway, I, I don't want to get sidetracked, but dropping a little bit of seed that that's going to be a big area of focus for, for me in 2021, less is more sustainable analytics, do more with less technology, more people. Mm-hmm. No, it, it's it, it's actually one of the things I've talked to Hila about for for one of our clients. I've been talking to her a lot lately, and I said I want to come into the new year and really push them to go in and really declutter their implementation. Um, their implementation has gotten cluttered over like the last four years. They, um, you know, th- th- there's been a couple stakeholders that that we've had since the beginning. And like with, with the current stakeholder, you know, there, there's certain things that a stakeholder three years ago wanted that was implemented that I, I know there's at least four of those kind of things that aren't being used today. So why are we maintaining them? Why are we using them? You know, let, let, let's, let's do a, a, a detailed clean out of it and let, let, let's cut back and like, really let's focus on what they need because they are, they are one of those clients that, that, that they, they get, distracted with the shiny object. And if we don't have a plan like that to make recommendations like that, when we come back in the new year, we will actually, yeah, we will absolutely turn reactionary and a year will go by another year will go by. And, you know, like we, we, there are certain things that we could have done that would have made a difference for the business, but they got lost with all of the other lower priority things. Yeah. I like that. Um, so last episode, we talked about kind of holiday traditions. I, I, is is there something similar for the new year? I mean, from a personal or a professional standpoint, are there traditions that you look forward to starting out the new year? We kind of talked about the kind of depressing downside of New Year's resolutions that never work out. But are there other traditions that you do look forward to kicking off a new year? Um. See, here's the thing, like, I know, like, for a lot of people, there's this great meme out, and it is totally apropos for this area. December, you know, it's like the bright lights, it's the winter wonderland, it's a, um, you know, it's grayed out. January comes around, and it's a cold gray bucket of suck. You know, all the lights are out, you know, it's just cold gray, depressing, that's just this area. Um, You know, it's... What I've 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 tried to do more and more in recent years is to really just shut off for the last two weeks of the year, just yeah. really just clear my head, um, so that it, to help get out of the monotony. So it's not that I necessarily have traditions coming into in, into January, uh, coming into to the new year. If anything, it's it's taking time to just shut off so that 
there isn't just the monotony of work. It's like, oh, here comes another year, that, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, and I think that's important this year uh, because I don't know about you, but towards the end of, of this year with all of the COVID-related things and lockdowns and homeschool and I don't even know what day it is anymore. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just feels like it's, it's like this kind of process, like get up, try to figure out schoolwork, try to figure out how to work with everything else going on. Maybe find something to eat, maybe watch some mindless TV for a bit, go to bed and repeat again, just ad nauseum. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know about you, but I have just felt it towards the end of the year. It's like, I feel like I am stuck in this like repetitive, this must be what it feels like to be on the rat race in the corporate world. Like mm-hmm. it's just the same thing over and over. It's like, Oh, let me off this hamster wheel. Yeah. No, I, I've been feeling that too. Um, like that, that's why. And again, just to go back to what we talked about last episode, what we talked about like is, is having ideas coming into the new year. That's why I'm trying to spend all of my time now getting all of the thoughts out of my head so yeah. I can actually shut off. Yeah. During, during the last two weeks of the year, like actually just completely disconnect. Um, you know, fortunately we're in a position where like we're, we're not tech support. So it's not like we're on, on call for anything, just actually being able to turn off the laptop and, you know, like go have fun with my son. Um, yeah. like he's getting to that, you know, he's getting to that age where like he's, learning how to actually play with toys, not just hold them, not just throw them, but actually like play with them. So like, I'm, I'm looking forward to just time doing that. Um, you know, you know, with the lockdowns, you know, a lot of things that we would normally do this time of year are closed, but you know, we're looking for other things that we can go do during that time. So we're also not just sitting in the house, like things that we can go do to, to get out so that, um, so yeah, so I, so I can try to, get rid of that. Like we, we've kept, uh, we've kept our son home for the last two weeks. Um, and it's, it's been hard. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 I knew it was going to be, um, but it's been hard trying to balance like my wife's work schedule. Like she's working from home, but doesn't have like the flexibility that I have. So just trying to get my work done, her, get her, get her work done. Us not just be those parents that plop them in front of the TV and say, here, watch TV for the next eight hours, like try to take them out. And, you know, like even just this morning, I, I took them out and we just walked around the block multiple times mm. just to get out, get some fresh air, get him moving. Um, so, so yeah, I'm, I'm rambling at, at the moment, but I think if anything, it's, it's, I, I think we're, we're feeling what a lot of people are feeling. And I know like I've got some friends who are in the same position. Like, can we just, can we just call it done at this point? And can we just have some, some time off just to get away from everything? Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we need that. And um, we talked a lot about that in, in last episode. So hopefully as we hear this and as our future selves, we're hearing this in 2021, we listened to our own advice back then and we're now rested and mentally recharged and ready to go. And, um, I, again, I think the most important thing, whether it's personally or professionally, is January shouldn't be a wasted month. Um, and and unfortunately, it is in so many respects. I love your flywheel example again. Like it takes so much to stoke the engine and get that momentum mm-hmm. going again. That uh, I hope we listen to our advice. We we kind of mentally and physically recharged and 
we did the planning, we did the thinking so that we could keep the momentum going. And it's now the first week of January and we're, we're close to hitting on, on all cylinders again. Can I throw some more buzzwords in here? I can try. Yeah, go so. for it. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that's why I wanted to have this as a separate conversation from the prepping. And again, I, the, the, the disclosure we made at the beginning is, is this episode is going to air in January. We're recording it in the middle of December. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's, you know, first, you know, it, it's, you need to do the planning, but then actually executing on it come January. And I think it's, it's important to not just talk about the planning aspect. It's, it's to actually execute on, on what you plan. So if we you know, take the advice of what we did, you know, we talked about last episode where it was, let's actually plan out what we want to do come the new year, but then don't actually execute on it. Then, then all that time is wasted. You know, mm-hmm. you, you wasted the time leading up to the break and then now you're wasting time after. For sure. For sure. Um, and I think it's very common. So if it is happening, we shouldn't beat ourselves up <laughs> because I think it's, it's more common than not, but it's a good reminder that, to, to do kind of extraordinary things. It's not a massive change in thinking. It's like some little tweaks here and there and you're, you're, you're operating on a whole different level than most people, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing is most organizations, you know, like, you know, you, you want to talk about like agencies and the billable model is, is, you know, it, like what you and I have talked about doing next week, you know, really focusing on planning, thinking, organizing, putting out some some plans for when we were going to come back none of that's billable in a traditional right. model that's right. so there is no incentive for most organizations to have the majority of their people sit back and say yes take a week to you know plan out where you want to see things when you come back it's like no you work up until until we say it's time to leave for the holiday I still can't believe we did that for so many years in our career. <laughs> like, how did we, how did we, how did we remain sane and how did we get anything done? Like my, my, uh, my logical part of my brain is going to really bad places saying we said we worked 38 client hours a week, but I don't think we really did. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's why people like it's, you know, you know, work becomes mundane for them. Like yeah. it's yes, I, through the years you want to talk about habits. There through the years I've tried to find areas throughout the year to, to 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 force us to pause and think about like what are we actually working on. So it's not actually that mundane feeling. You know, the holidays is one. Um, you know, up until this year, Adobe Summit for us has been another. Mm-hmm. We've oftentimes you know our clients are there, we're there. It. You know, yes, there's a, you know, when it comes to conferences, there's always a lot of rah, rah, cheerleading, new, new feature, you know, reveals and whatnot. But it's also a time that you're away from the office, you know, you're getting some ideas. So it gives you, again, that break to say, what are we actually working on? Let's really call the deadwood stuff that's not getting us anywhere, stuff that's not productive, stuff that is really low priority. But for some reason, since we've gotten so deep, we've, we've, we've pushed up the priority on it you know so there's adobe summit was another one a lot of times summer vacation you know i try to take a week or two off in the summer try to use that to say like you know push yourself to get you know as much done as possible leading up to it some thoughts again on when we got back 
but then really use that as a chance to stop the the ongoing conversation about minor things and make sure we then push the the, the major things again. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of that, um, we're not going to have Adobe Summit again, which is I know that's what I'm, I'm still bummed about. Um, so we're going to have to find a way to somehow replicate that, and hopefully in person. So hopefully middle of next year or so we're in a better place that we can we can replicate yeah. that because it's been too long it's hard it's it's been hard mm-hmm. you know i so. i mean like you know th- th- that is i know for us you know that that conference it's 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 a chance it's a release um it, it's a chance to do some just you know have some out of office fun with, with clients the the, the client dinner he has put together the last several years is, it's always been fun. We always get hear great feedback from, from clients. And one of the things I've always tried to do is just, you know, meet up with folks for coffee and the conversation always meanders just like today. It'll go yeah. from some kind of business related topic to, Oh, you know, where are you going on vacation this summer? Back to, hey, did you see them talking about this feature? What can we do to get that integrated? Like it meanders back and forth. But what it does is, again, it's it kills the chatter about non-essential, like low priority tasks that just clog up the queue and forces you to, to reevaluate what we should really be doing. Yeah, it's such a good point. In fact, um Jen reminded me we should take I and I and I'm sure we've had episodes in the past like this, but Jen reminded me that we probably should do a new episode on uh, how to be successful working remotely, Um, because I think all of our previous episodes were in a different world. It was pre COVID. We kind of talked about our setup. And the reason why it came up is one of our clients reached out and said, uh, by the way, I know like this isn't what you guys consult on, but um, we're really struggling with onboarding new employees remotely. Do you guys mind giving us some like information, maybe a quick training session on what you guys do? Um, so I, I've been putting some thought into it. And that, that point you brought around these meandering conversations is one that I mentioned to them. It's like, it's so important to be able to have that time to avoid this like burnout and like all we do is work. And it is like right now, if you think about it, we, we should have all this flexibility and autonomy, but every conversation is like, well, we have to just talk work and it's so focused on work and everything we do is work and everything blends together. And it's like, that's never how it worked in the office. You know, there's so much like chit chat and small talk and talking about your vacations. And that may seem like wasted time, but it's not, it's, it's so critically important, not only for relationship building, but for just keeping employees sane and Mm -hmm. rested and ready to go. You know, we can't be all work all the time. Um, So yeah, I mean, we, we need to be thinking about it, you know, kicking off this year, 2021, uh, because we're still going to be forced with a lot of the things that we had in place to get around that are still not going to be there in the first part of no. this year. Hopefully the middle to latter part of the year, it starts to become a bit more back to where we could do that. But for the next six months, I think we need to be really attuned and proactive to the fact that this is a very foreign way of working for so many people. And mm-hmm. in order to keep us mentally healthy and connected as a team and connected as suppliers and companies, we have to be proactive in, in figuring out ways this year to figure out how to create that human connection. And it's not just going to happen organically. Like we have to deliberately put thought into how to make this happen. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if burnout was a real thing before, 
Like I, I you know, I mean, it, it's it's going it's going to be really bad. Like, like dip, you know, this stuff, by the way. What's that? It, it's uh, it's not like I can't say it. Aaron so, uh, Palmer. Oh, okay. Nice, nice. But like, yeah, like I mean, burnout was a problem before. It, it's it's much worse this year. Um, yeah. You know, it, like people, like you know, I remember when the company I was working for earlier in my company and gave everybody blackberries. And of course, like blackberries. I, yeah, I was maybe twenty two at the time. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. And the one guy's like, no, it's not. Because you yeah. know what it means? The people who were paying for always it, you, yeah. He's like, you know, he's like, they expect you to be reading and replying to this stuff at seven o'clock at night. This is a tether to the office. Yeah. So first... now people, people really are tethered. Yeah, it, it is. It is. And I think it's important that we figure out again, it's not just going to happen organically. We have to be deliberate in figuring that out. But <laughs> you're reminding me of my first job out of college. Everyone on the team had a company cell phone. Um, and I think I had a cell phone. It was the old like brick phone. Mm-hmm. That was my cell phone. And it had like, I can't remember, like not very much, like an hour or two hours of talk time a month. Maybe it wasn't even that much. I don't know. It was like for emergency use only. Um, and everyone on the team had a phone and I rejected it. And they're like, oh, they're so cool. They're Nokia, Nokia flip phone. Like this, flip the phone. It's so cool. I'm like, I rejected it for two years. I was the only one on the team that had it. And they were like, in the beginning, this is so cool. And then like a year into it, they're like, Jason was the only smart one on the team that rejected yeah. the phone. Because now we're always on call. I'm like, yeah. Eventually I caved. But yeah, I mean, you know, think about it. Like, you know, you, you've got your laptop at home. And, you know, you, you even recently talked about how you talked to a client about how she's seeing like going back to the office the way it was, you know, I, I don't think they're ever going to go back to the office the way they did. They will, I think, probably yeah. the, you know, the middle of next year start to go back. Um, they've started letting people come in, you know, like in small groups here and there for certain reasons. But, you know, like a lot of those folks, like they, they were told it was temporary. They were told it was a month. Then it was two months. So they really didn't take the time to set up the home office. Mm-hmm. You know, like what about those folks that still haven't had the time or may not have the space in, the, in their house to do it? So they're setting up at the kitchen table. Yeah. So, you know, like the laptop is always there. They don't have a dedicated space that they can walk away from, turn off the lights at the end of the night and say, oh, I'm done work. So two things um, that I made a somewhat conscious one was more forced but um i got rid of my laptop Mm -hmm. so i have a desktop now um and that kind of tethers me to where i can work before it's like okay i'll just drag the laptop onto the couch and i'll do some emails or work here i'm like got rid of my laptop i'm like i don't go anywhere right now so Mm -hmm. i bought a mac mini and i threw it on my desk i'm like i can only work right here i'm like sometimes i wish i had it so i could go out on the back deck but i'm like you know what i need that that break But I've also made a conscious decision here um, to not put certain communication apps on here Um, because especially from clients where clients have like Slack channels or things like that. If I had it here, I would never be away. Mm -hmm. 
And, and so as much as, you know, we want to stay connected and proactive, I think there needs to be a healthy balance there and making that decision to kind of put some barriers in place physically to say, I don't have the willpower to do it. So I'm going to not install apps here. I'm going to tether myself to a desk by getting rid of my laptop. For me, it's, it's been good. Otherwise, like it's just too easy to be always on. You know, I oh, think yeah. that was one of our very first episodes, wasn't it, with John? Yeah, that was that was an early episode. It, it, it's a great one to go back and listen to. We should relink uh, it up in the show notes here because that was a good one. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. Um, because yeah, I mean, and we recorded that one two years ago. Yeah, that was a while. You know, ago. The, the, you know the, the the problems with being always on, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think people are really seeing it. I think that's why going back to what you were saying, how you're feeling. I don't think it's an uncommon feeling. I think most people are just like, all right, I'm done. You know, just like mm-hmm. let, let's take off for the month of December and we'll all pick back up in January. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I know we're excited about vaccines and potential coming out. I think we need to be realistic that it's not going to be a silver bullet quick fix and we can't just expect the new year to come, you know, kind of, I guess, wrapping this up and tying a bow on it. We can't expect to just create a clean slate and have all those mm-hmm. things magically fixed. You know, my biggest piece of advice for getting this year, 2021, going and off on the right foot is let's think deliberately about our mental health, our work health, and not just expect things to work and know for at least the next six months, this is going to continue to be hard. And we need to make some informed, uh, proactive choices for being more well-balanced, you know, better better taking care of our time, not being plugged in and on all the time. If we don't deliberately try to figure that out, the default is we're always going to be connected and on and struggling and trying to connect with coworkers and friends and it's not going to work. So mm-hmm. we have to put in the work to figure out how to make this happen. Hopefully in six months time from now, it will be a little easier and we'll have more in-person time and easier to connect. But until then, we're going to have to put in more effort to make it happen, I think. Yeah. I don't know who said it, but it, the, the quote goes along the lines of, if you don't have a plan, you become part of somebody else's plan. Yeah, that's true. It's true. So cool. All right. All right. So yeah, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up at the, at that point. Um, so it's been, uh, it's been a good show. It's, it's been it a good one. Yeah. And Some that's what I like everyone. about it. Like I, I do like the, the meandering topics. Because it's not it's real life topic all the time. Yeah, it's real life. And that was kind of the charter for how we wanted to start out the show. I think the the visual I gave you guys was if someone walked past like a group of people having, you know, let's say there's a group of people at a conference or something sitting in a bar or at a restaurant table talking shop, what would the conversation sound like? And, mm-hmm. and it's not scripted and it's not singular in focus and it's not one topic. It's, it kind of meanders and maybe there's a single topic that ties it all together, but those conversations just kind of bounce all over the place. And to me, that's always been the fascinating thing of like, that's what I want to see. That's I, I want to see and hear that real life conversation. And there are amazing podcasts out there that are well scripted and produced and they're awesome for what they are. Um, but I just think there's a lack of just realness, you know, that, yep. you know, speaking, kind of thinking about reality TV back in the very early days, I think it was as pure as it could be with like episode one of MTV. Uh, what was it? Um, the real world, real world in San Francisco with mm-hmm. Puck. 
And uh, I can't remember the rest of the crew's name. That was about as real as it, that was about as real as it 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 was. And now, like all the reality TV we have on TV is so fake and produced. And it's like, ah, oh, I just want to see real life. As boring as that sounds, like to me, that's compelling. Like there's just something about real life that is is of interest to me. And I didn't want to create another podcast that was a list of questions and pre-scripted and sticking like how would it be to just drop in on people talking shop and what does it sound like that would be amazing yes. so exactly. anyway off my soapbox no no not a problem cool so we'll go ahead and wrap it up there and catch everybody later see you Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.